Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another edition of the Audacious Living Podcast. I'm Audley Stevenson, and it's a pleasure to be here with you once again, where we continue our goal of helping you live your best audacious life ever. Now, on this bonus episode, we're going to continue to recognize and celebrate the achievements of women during Women's History Month. Uh, We've been profiling and telling great stories, and we're going to continue to do so all month long. On today's episode, you're going to hear from Laura Brown. Now, Laura's story is is a great one because it's an example of of what having strong will and being determined what it's really all about. Now, in her case, uh, Laura had to deal with the reality of a breast cancer diagnosis. Now, being a healthy, avid runner with no family history, it came as a complete shock to her. But as we know, cancer doesn't discriminate nor does it care who you are so laura had some tough choices that she had to make and uh, it really came about do we accept this decision accept uh, this reality and do nothing about it or does she continue to fight and push ahead and move through this i think this is where i'm going to stop and turn it over to laura to let her tell the rest of a remarkable story enjoy Laura Brown was an avid marathon runner when she received the unexpected diagnosis of having breast cancer. She immediately underwent chemotherapy treatment and it was suggested at this time that she stop running and take up walking instead during her treatments. That's when things changed. The single mother of two made the conscious decision to write her own story and began the grueling training for an Ironman marathon. 16 months after receiving her breast cancer diagnosis, Laura Brown achieved her goal and became an Ironman. Laura is up next to tell her story on the Audacious Living Podcast. I appreciate you, appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, uh, I read, obviously, I read, read your story. I thought it was super inspiring and super amazing and, and why I thought it would be nice to chat with you a little bit. Um, and you know, I guess the last four years or so, well, that's been a bit of a, a journey for you, hasn't it? Yeah, crazy, crazy ride. <laughs> so let's let's kind of start at the beginning. Is there any good story? I think the beginning of the start is a good place to, to do that. Uh, let, let's go back. You know, you were diagnosed with breast cancer in 2016. Uh, yes. So 2016, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was in. So that was May. Uh, in August, in April, a month before I was in Europe, I ran back-to-back marathons in Paris and Rome, and I came home and I wasn't feeling myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raptors were in the playoffs that year. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So working in sales and suites, it's a lot of late nights and very it's high pressure, long days and late nights. Um, so I kind of like pushed it aside and I'm like, okay, maybe it's just jet lag and tired and whatever, but there was something off. And I, I like deep down, I knew that there was something wrong. 
Um, and then a few weeks later, I did a breast exam in the shower and I found my a lump in my right breast. So there's no family history. My mom is negative for the BRCA gene. Um, I'm the first, I was 37. Um, yes, came out of left field. <laughs> And, and, and again, you know, you, you're living a healthy life. I mean, you look, you're, you're running marathons, you're, you're, you know, your lifestyle would be such that you wouldn't think that uh, you'd be affected. But I guess that really says that, you know, people are susceptible regardless who you are. Exactly. So, like, I haven't had red meat since I was 13. Wow. Um, work out every single day, train for, like, run marathons, and boom. Doesn't care. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah. Right? No, no discrimination at all. Not no. At all. Not at all. So the initial thought kind of give me a sense of what was that initial, when you got the initial diagnosis, uh, what was going through your mind at that time? I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. Like, it was crazy. Um, I learned pretty quickly that there's sort of two roads you could go down with a cancer diagnosis. It's like you could sit and dwell on the why me, but reality is it is you. So you got to shift your mindset and like, why not you, right? Like, why not me? Why not you? Why not anybody else? So you can't, it's, it's easy to go down that hole, but I, I tried to avoid that at all costs. And you know, it's a very natural feeling. I mean, no one would, 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 would hold it against someone if they went down this place uh, because again, all the emotions that it's stirring. And so, so I mean, that's totally understandable. I think the thing is not staying there. That's what we, cause we're going to get there eventually. Maybe you might go and come back even but not to stay there or recognize when you're there and knowing the things you gotta do to push yourself forward. Exactly. So, so yeah. sorry, go uh, ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, go ahead. What was it? I was gonna say the next step for you. So after I was diagnosed, um, I had many doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and I had surgery two weeks later to remove the lump. Um, I was lucky. So stage one diagnosis and it, it lymph node negative. So was really just contained I caught it really early but it, I, I was triple positive which means that it's the hormones in my body fed the tumor okay. and I was positive for this protein called um, HER2 which makes cancer grow aggressively so if I didn't catch it like I, I was lucky um, so then I was told I needed chemo so I had 12 rounds so chemo started so diagnosed in May uh, sorry June Mm-hmm. surgery July and then chemo started in August so that's when I met so <laughs> lots of doctor's appointments and I met one of my the radiologist and uh, so every single doctor's appointment I would always ask can I run mm. and they were like or if I when I had surgery it was how long before I could again right. and everyone's like okay sure like two three weeks whatever do your thing and when I met my radiologist she said to me you know cancer patients come in with energy like this and it drops to here so she goes I'm not a runner and I and I don't know but like you should probably just stop running and start walking and I was like okay (laughs) no so I left her office that day and I'm like you know here we go iron men we're gonna do it I'm gonna do it and it's important just to kind of put in context, how, how much running were you doing prior? So it's not that you just decided you were going to run one day. This was part of your, your lifestyle, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So I, when I was in Europe in April, I did Harris one weekend. And then the next weekend, I ran the Rome Marathon. Um, so I was always a runner. They, the, I, 
I think that was marathon four and five at the time, maybe. I've done six. Yeah, I think four and five. So, or I've done 15 half marathons. Like I was always, right after I, after I had my second kid, I started running and haven't really stopped. But Ironman was something always like, oh, that's just crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I decided that like that day, I'm like, we're going to do an Ironman. And, and, and the thing to understand, the, the, the training and preparation for these types of marathons, they're no joke here. No, they're not at all. No, so it's no joke at all. So I bought a bike, uh, finished chemo. So before every chemo, so I took five months off of work, as you know, work for Maple Leaf Sports and very public. And like, I didn't, you can't get sick when you're in chemo. And so I took five months off of work and I worked out every single day. Uh, so I'd have chemo every, I had 12 rounds of chemo and they were on Thursdays. So I would go to spin classes before I'd, I'd make my chemo at one o'clock on purpose. So in the morning I could go to a spin class and walk into princess Margaret and be like, yo, I got this. <laughs> it's, um, cause it's a crazy, it's a crazy hospital. And, uh, so I kept very, very active throughout my everything. And I really believe that that helped with all the side effects. So there were, you know, there were one or two days I wasn't feeling well, but other than that, I just plowed through it. And what's incredible is you, you know, you, you oftentimes hear people who go through chemo and I know it impacts individuals differently. It's not all the same in terms of the side effects, but certainly low energy is a big one, how exhaustion sort of overcomes them. And so to hear, that you're still going hard in training is, is, is remarkable. What kind of kept you going? Um, yeah, so this is, uh, I believe me, because I, I talk to a lot of um, young moms right now who are going through cancer and everyone has their sort of their own story, but I recognize that like mine might be a little different, but this is just how I experienced it. Um, so what kept me going is I have two kids that, I kind of, I hid it from them. They didn't know what I was going through. Uh, six months before I was diagnosed, we actually went through a separate, like my husband and I got divorced. So it was, we didn't, it was a lot. Sure. Um, and also I just, you know, it's, it's why not? It's like, why not me? So like, I'm going to keep doing what I love to do and until I really couldn't. So one of the biggest uh, achievements before my Ironman was not uh, three days after my ninth round of chemo. I oh. ran the, the uh, half marathon okay. in oh. Toronto. Yeah. So oh. my parents were horrified. I didn't wear a watch because when I wear my watch, I know my times and I have to, you know, your splits right. and like you get a little psycho. Right. So I didn't it's wear a watch. Right. But every time I saw one of like the, they have times set up around the course, I was like calculating in my head. Right. <laughs> But that was like, that was for me, I was like, okay, yeah, and it was October. So it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So that was an emotional one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you you go through the chemo. Um, you're still training while you're going, which that in itself was remarkable. Uh, the chemo comes to an end. Uh, uh, what what were, were things at now that, at that point for you? So after chemo, they give you about three weeks break. So I actually took my kids, I was born and raised a, a little bit in South Africa. So I took my kids and we went away for three weeks, uh, came home. And then I had 25 days straight of radiation every single day. And then January, it was over. 
and I hired a coach that I actually went to university, a friend, an old friend from university. He's an Ironman coach. And that's when I started training for Ironman was January. Now you knew you were going to do this. There was no question in your mind that that was. Oh yeah. Like once I have something, once there's something in my head, I'm like, I'm doing this because I want to prove to my doctor who told me that I should walk that like, no. (laughs) <laughs> no no this is this is my story this is my journey and we're going to end it on my terms <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. so iron man training it's like it's nine to eleven workouts a week uh so you're doubling up on a lot of days so a lot of like early morning late so and then i put my kids to bed and i'm riding my bike at like 10 o'clock at night but and you and you have to you have to you, you can't cram training for an Ironman. You, ha- you have to follow a plan. That's right. Yeah. And, and, um, how, and how long is that training plan before the actual? So I started, yeah, I start. you, you need about 10 months. So wow. I started in January and then my Ironman was October 7th, 2017. That's so I did it 16 months after I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was able to cross the finish line and hear those magical words. <laughs> How, how, how does that feel? Like, I mean, I, I can imagine the exhilarating uh, emotions that sort of come over you, but you think of the, the journey, obviously, you know, you talked about wanting to write your own story on your own terms. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you hear those words, you know, you are an Iron Man. Describe what that feeling is like. So as three of my best friends were there and my parents came and like, it was just a hot mess. <laughs> very emotional like you're like it's all I wanted to hear was running down that red carpet at the end it's a long day it's a very long day and they they're very smart at Ironman because the course loops okay so when you're running so the marathons last and when you're running you could hear the finish line so you hear everyone else like so and so you're an Ironman and so and so you're an Ironman so you're like that is going to be me (laughs) And so I, it was, it was, there's nothing like that 30 second run down that red carpet. And then it was, uh, it was amazing. So the day before the Ironman, there's like a whole like opening ceremony. And the guy was like, if this is your first Ironman, you have to think about how, like, what does your end look like? Are you going to just run through? Are you going to jump down the red carpet? Like, so I ran on my hands were like this, I'm like a complete lunatic, but I'll, I'll let, like, I'll never forget that moment. And so I, I'm, I did one last year. So after I finished, I'm like, I can't wait to, to do this again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I've done two full, two half. And then this August right now I'm training for Mont Tremblant, which hopefully happens. Amazing. I, I, I so I, just going back to the finish, I just love the whole idea of visualizing what that looks like because that's powerful yeah. as you're sort of working towards that. You know, what do you want your finish to look like? So if you're, you know, waving your arms or, you know, whatever that, whatever, it's yours. And again, going back to it being your story. So that's, that's, that's so awesome, Laura. It really, really is. Um, you're, you, 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 you've sort of taken some valuable lessons, if you will, and, and uh, from that whole experience. I wonder if you could share some of those with us. So um, I very much, so I was treated at Princess Margaret. And so I try and help 
and volunteer for their events. This year, I'm the honorary chair of a ride called the Northern Pass. Okay. Um, so I try and, and, and give back. Um, Princess Margaret is such an like, incredible place. And I've seen firsthand the research that they do actually does help people. And they're, so that's kind of like, I just want to, you know, give back and, and, and help them as much as possible. But in terms of other stuff, it's taught me really to like, to live and it's so cliche, but it, and <laughs> one of the things I struggle with and my friends always laugh at me is that, you know, people have all, everyone has problems, right? Everyone has their, 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 their problems. But sometimes like at work, I hear someone complaining about like, oh, his hot dog's cold. I'm like, buddy, have you ever been on the fourth floor at Princess Margaret? Because that's where everyone has chemo. Right. Like you need to do a field trip to get your like reality in check. Right. And then a friend of mine was like, you just have to like, his problems are his problems and your problems are your problems. Right. And they're different. And that was something I struggled with a lot because also no one, like when you're finished all your treatment, mm -hmm. you're like, let go. Okay, bye. Right. And you come in once a year for a checkup but you've had all these appointments and doctors and you're watched and this and every week you're there and then like, boom, it's all over, right. which is like so great. But then it's like, you're not, there's no it's going back to normal anymore. It's, it's a new normal That's and true. it's not the same as it was before. And it's, yes, I went through this, but I still take medication every day. I have 11 scars. I, two years ago, I had my ovaries removed. So I'm in menopause. Like there's all these little things. So I don't like the word survivor. I, because you don't like end and it's gone forever. Cause it's never gone. You have check. Like, I just hate that word. Mm. So, um, you know, it's just, and then I try, so through Princess Margaret and their posts, um, people reach out to me all the time. So right now I'm talking to three like incredible, incredible um, uh, they're in their 30s. So they're like a little bit younger than me that are all going through it now. Yep. And it's to have someone and know someone on the inside. I, I had that of my sister-in-law's best friend had breast cancer when she was 37. So she was my like sounding board. Yes. So it's important. So I try and like be that person for, for these girls. Yes. So you meet these women and we've never actually met in person, especially now with COVID, but sure, sure. like, we can't wait to one day fly somewhere on like a girl trip. <laughs> That's, amazing. That's amazing. And I think what it also does, it, it, it you know, you, you serve an inspiration to people, right? That are, cause I, you, you think of any sort of challenges you go through in the very beginning, there's all sorts of emotions, there's all sorts of questions, uncertainty, concerns, fears, whatever. And to have someone that was at that exact same place, put it on the other side, uh, there's tremendous strength and, and, and encouragement in that. Yeah, so a lot of the times, like like oncology nurses are the best, most angels in life, mm. but sometimes they tell you only the negative things. So like, you're gonna have chemo and you're gonna feel like shit and you're gonna blah, 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 blah. So my advice when I talk to these girls before they start treatment is like, this is your story, that all that shit is noise write your own ending like this is if you if you don't if you feel good take advantage of those days and do what you love to do and if you feel bad great like stay in bed but this is your journey and just do it your way because there's all like yeah so that's and I'm very like I'm very passionate about, about that because don't let anyone tell you what to do really 
than cancers, a little like, it's a little choose your own adventure-ish. Right. You know, you go to this op opinion, you don't like this opinion, you go to this opinion, you kind of like, but yeah, be an advocate for yourself and choose your own adventure here. <laughs> that's, that's, I think those are great words. Would you say that's sort of the, the, the number one sort of thing you've taken from this experience uh, uh, or, or is, there, is there something else that has resonated with you? Um, the whole, so I have a, I had a friend who, the why not, the why me and the why not me. And she's like, her dad went through a stroke when he was like, she's been through trauma also. And the whole why not me every day I was like, okay, why not me? This is me. Like, what am I going to do today? Let's go for a run. Let's go for a ride. Let's like go in the pool. Um, and that kind of got me through it. And hopefully it's a, it's a life lesson for my, for my kids, quite frankly. Um, and then also like, if you have a goal and you want to do something, don't let anyone stop you. Like I, I was, I did an Ironman 16 months after I was diagnosed with fucking cancer. And so like, okay, like you could do it. If you want something that badly, go and get it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, really appreciate, uh, you know, you sharing your story. Like I said, when I, uh, when I came across a story, I was just immediately inspired because I think these are sorts of stories that we need to to be sharing with one another. And, and I first I'll applaud you uh, for, for your journey, but also sharing it because that's where the, the true power lies and you're experiencing that now with your your group. And I'm sure you're seeing you know, your, your words of encouragement, what it's doing for those individuals. Uh, so there's great power in us continuing us uh, to do that. And one of, one of the main reasons why I wanted to chat with you today and so, so thankful you took the time and and again, thank you for, 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 for doing this. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> thank you for having me. It, yeah. I, I, you know, I hope it, it, it inspires someone to just do what you want to do and write your own journey. It's your story. I think, I think that's a great, great way to close writing your own journey. Yes. That's, a, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Your own journey. Thanks so much, Laura, for doing this. This is awesome. No problem. No problem. Back, we are here on the podcast, and I want to shout out Laura and say thank you so much uh, for sharing your inspiring story, inspiring story of determination and desire and strong will. Uh, and congratulations are, are certainly in order for you achieving your goal of being an Iron Man. Uh, the grueling nature of those competitions isn't easy, nor is the preparation for one. Uh, so to know that you're able to achieve your goal in the face of so much adversity is. is is absolutely amazing and again i want to say thank you and thank you for being on the podcast and sharing your story see here's the thing if laura had given up and decided that she wasn't going going ahead with it nobody really would hold it against her considering her circumstances but that's not the story that laura wanted to write and I'm so glad that it, that's not, it isn't that at all. And she didn't. Uh, so again, you know, the inspiration is, is, is so amazing and so appreciative. And I really hope the listeners have taken uh, from her story and thought about how, you know, that determination can be used in their everyday lives. Uh, I'd encourage you, Laura, to keep telling your story, keep spreading your message, uh, keep positively infecting uh, as many people as possible. 
Uh, hey, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, you can do so by uh, heading over to the best audacious life.com, entering your email, and uh, you'll be alerted every time new content comes out. We're, we're always pumping out good stuff and, and eager to share. Uh, you can get it to your inbox directly. Uh, as to, to our listeners, as always, I appreciate you uh, for being here on the podcast. Thank you for your ongoing support of the Audacious Living podcast. It really is appreciated, and I can't thank you enough. That's the end of the show. So until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.